Well, good morning. I am, I can't tell you, I'm excited about this new series that we're starting. It is called Lead. Okay, and basically the tagline is this, that everyone needs a guide. Everyone needs a guide. So we're going to start this series and we're going to go for the next couple of weeks on this. And um, we're going to find out exactly what it means to follow a guide. So it, um, think about this in terms of this question. What if you lived life a little bit differently? Okay. What if you lived a little life a little bit differently? And here's what I mean by that. What if you skipped every third meal? All right. Every, every third meal. You'd skip every third meal. And then what if, um, for some of you, you might do this already, but let's say you skip personal hygiene for every three days. All right. Now, I'm not saying make a routine. Now, junior high boys are notorious for this. But I'm just saying, what if you made not doing personal hygiene for routine for three days? And here's the other thing is, what if you couldn't speak or you couldn't speak every third word? So every time you spoke, you couldn't say the third word. So you couldn't say the third word. Okay, so here's, I got some, I got some things. Now, this is how odd it would look if you had to not speak the third word. Now, listen to this. Now, you probably know these. There's a couple of speeches here. Here's what it says. Four score, seven years, our father's fourth on continent, a new, conceived in, and dedicated proposition, all men created equal. Now, how awkward is that? Right? Okay, here's another one. You guys all know that speech, right? Gettysburg Address. All right. Here's the next one. I say to you, I say you today, friends, so though we the difficulties today and I still a dream, okay? It is deeply rooted in America. I have dream that day this will rise and live the true of its we hold truth, self-evident, all men created equal. Now, how awkward that would be if you couldn't say every third word. Now, here's another one that I like. And if you can guess this, great. Romeo Take me somewhere where we be alone, be waiting. There's nothing left to do. You'll be prince and be the it's a story, baby. Say yes. Now, how awkward would that be if people sung and talked missing the third word? It's awkward, isn't it? But here's the thing. It seems weird and it seems ridiculous because it is. But when it comes to living for God, we skip over the third part of who God is. See, the reality is, is all of us kind of, we, we understand God. We understand Jesus. And it's easy to talk about God and it's easy to talk about Jesus. But it's hard to talk on the Holy Spirit. And somehow, somehow we, we, we don't talk about Him enough. Then it's like if, if we begin our, our, our life and we talked and we skipped every third meal, that's what we'd be like. So if we live without the Holy Spirit, that's kind of what it's like. And, and some of us and most people have missed out. They've missed out on an opportunity for a complete life. Because they have the first two, they have the, the, the God the Father and they understand what God the Father is. They understand what He does. They understand what Jesus does. But when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it gets a little weird. It, it just does. Because people don't know and they don't know how to live life. And, but example, if you don't know 
or don't live or be led by the Holy Spirit, then you're missing out. And it's like you just miss out on every third meal and every third word. Now, there's good reasons. There are good reasons why people miss out. There's a lot of reasons. Well, here's the first one. The first one is this, is people have a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit and who He is. They have a misunderstanding. Now, some people just think like the Holy Spirit, they don't know. They just don't know who He is. They're, they're not in tune with what He does. And then there's, we have misunderstanding because they think He's a power or He's a force, like He's some supernatural power and He's mystical and we don't really know how to express or, or understand what He's all about. And so they know that they have to tap into the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, but how do we do that? And so they kind of go through their lives not living or being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the other one. The other thing is why people don't do this is because there's a misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit. And if you've grown up in the church, let me tell you this, this happens all the time. And I grew up in the church, and I'm a pastor's kid, and in my, it happened to me in my uh, in college, in high school, when I went to a camp. And the speaker was up there, and the speaker's up there, and he's acting like you can just do whatever with the Holy Spirit, and just, okay, turn it on, turn it off, and he's doing all this stuff, and I'm like, what is this? What is going on here? Now, whether it's right or wrong, it didn't matter, but what I knew and what I felt was, this is confusing, and this is strange. And so what happened for me was, when I began to do that and, and watch what this guy did, you know what it did? It pushed me away. And so I thought, this is weird. I don't want anything to do with this. And I'm not going to do anything with this. And so I started to back off and started to live life kind of not without that. And believe it, believe me, if we sat down and we went to lunch today, you all, if you've grown up in the church, would have a, would have a story just like that. Somebody misrepresented the Holy Spirit. And then their misrepresentation became confusion to you. And now you're confused. And now you think that the Holy Spirit is this weird force, this weird part of God, and that you don't want to tap into. Because somebody misrepresented the Holy Spirit. Now here's the good news. With all this confusion, the best place to go and the best person to ask is, Jesus. Because believe it or not, Jesus talks about this. So it's not weird. And he talks about this, and, and John records it. And as, he, he, as Jesus raises from the dead, we talked about Jesus raises from the dead. Remember, he just rose out of the clothes last week. So he raises from the dead, and he's on the earth for a few, few um, you know, time, for a few short amount of time after he raises. Then he's preparing for his departure for heaven. Now, as he's departing for heaven, here's the thing. He gathers his disciples around and he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm preparing you for what's going to come. And he, believe it or not, he tells them, he says, it's not going to be good. Be prepared to live life without me. And it's going to be hard and it might be difficult. But he says, you have worked and I have poured into you for this very moment. That you are to carry on the mission and the work that I have done. You've seen me for three and a half years do. You're, you, are, you are made for this. And so he begins to tell them what is going to happen. And here's his message. I will depart so another can come. I'm going to leave so someone else 
can take my place. And John, who's an eyewitness, sitting right there when Jesus began to explain his departure, he writes about this, and he writes about this experience. And in John chapter 14, in verse 16, it, Jesus begins to talk about this idea of living with someone else while he departs. And here's what it says in verse 16. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The what? The Spirit of truth. So here's the key word here. The key word is another advocate. Okay, in the original language, what it means is another like the first one. So he says, I will give you another like the first one who will be with you forever. Now think about that. Another like the first one. Who is the first one? The first one is Jesus. The second one is the Holy Spirit. So everything that Jesus did on earth the Holy Spirit's going to do. All right? So what takes place is the Holy Spirit takes place of the physical presence of Jesus. So he replaces the physical presence of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit does the work that Jesus did while here on earth. So Jesus goes, the Holy Spirit comes. And then he says that uh, as he explains this, he says he's the spirit of truth. Now, this can get a little confusing, but the Holy Spirit is God. He just has a different function and a different um, than, the, than the other two. What I mean is God's the Father. He's the creator. He draws you to relationship. He has relationship with you. Jesus is the Messiah, right? And then the Holy Spirit is the one who guides, leads, directs you. That's what he does. So it's all the same, but they're all different functions. So so just let me make it easy for you. It's like water. You got water in a liquid state. You got water in a solid state. And you got water in a gas state. Are they all the same thing? Yes. Are they in different forms? Yes. So that is what the Holy Spirit is. He's like the steam and you got Jesus the ice and, and God's the liquid. So you got, they're all the same thing. They're just different functions and, and different forms of it. So what he says is that the Holy Spirit will have the ministry to believers and unbelievers. Okay, he's the spirit of truth. And when Jesus talks about the spirit of truth, believe it or not, in right before in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then when he meets the girl or the woman at the well, he says that people will, what? Worship the Father in truth. So the truth is closely related to Jesus, closely related to God, closely related to the Holy Spirit. And so he says that as the spirit of truth, here's what he will do. He will guide you in all truth. So he talks to the disciples and says, he will guide you in all truth. He will lead you in all truth. And what he's saying is that you will understand my death and my my resurrection. So you understand my death, my resurrection, and you'll understand the significance of my death and resurrection. So much so that when I leave, you will be able to teach others about the significance of my death and resurrection. So the Holy Spirit teaches, guides, and leads in all truth. And then what he would say is that the Holy Spirit is different from the world. It is from the disciples. That there's a contrast between the Holy Spirit, what the world sees it, and the way the disciples see it. And here's what he says. Okay. He says this in verse 17. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him. 
But you know him, for he lives with you and will what? Be with you. So he says that the world does not know him. And here's why the world doesn't know him. Because there's sin and rebellion and disobedience in the world. And because of that, they openly reject Jesus. They openly reject the Spirit. Because they are in contrary to what God wants to do. So it's no wonder that people are not aware and people are not open to Jesus or the Holy Spirit because the world is about rebellion and sin. Okay? So then he goes on and says this, that the world is spiritually blind. The world is spiritually blind. And what I mean by that is the world doesn't know him. They don't look for him. They don't even want to know anything about him. They are spiritually blind to him. See, but just because you're blind or you don't see him doesn't mean he's not working. Just because you don't understand that something about someone doesn't mean that they're not working and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now think about it this way. You don't understand or you don't you know, think about radio waves, do you? No, you don't. But you know when you think about radio waves is when you turn on your car or when you're on your, your device on, on a radio app or when you, believe it or not, get on Wi-Fi. That's when like you're like, oh, radio waves. Oh, this is how this works. Right? So it's all, see, right now radio waves are going all around us, right? But we're not aware of them because why? We're not tuned into it and we're not logged on to them, are we? So that's the picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving around and he's doing all of this stuff. But the world doesn't know. Why? Because the world isn't in tune with him. The world's not connected to him. So that's why he says it's different from you, disciples, from the rest of the world. But here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants people to connect with him, believe it or not. The Holy Spirit wants people to connect, tune in, you know, log on to what he's doing. And he does that by having them have faith in who Jesus is and what he did. They put their faith and they put their trust in him. When they put their faith and their trust in Jesus, what happens? They're automatically connected with the Holy Spirit, which connects them to Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit, believe it or not, one of the things he does is he draws people to Jesus. He draws them. It's not anything that we do. It is the Holy Spirit that touches the hearts and lives of people and draws them to a relationship with Jesus. Well, how does he do that? Let me show you. In, in John chapter 16, I believe it's verse 13, it says this, but, and this is Jesus again, remember, and he says this, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all, all in the truth. Uh, that's the wrong one. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will glorify. So he does guide him. I think that's the wrong verse. But here's the, here's the other verse. The other verse says this. It, it says that the Holy Spirit comes and he proves or he convicts. All right, let me, let me just read it for you here. It says this, sorry, 16, 8, and 9. It says this. It says that when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness, and judgment. And then verse 9, what does he say? About sin, because people do not, what? Believe in me. So again, he guides all people in truth. He does all that. But what is he here to do? When he draws people to Jesus, he proves to the world 
that they're wrong in their sin. So prove, in another version, means he convicts. He convicts them of what they have done. Right? So they convicts them of, and what the word convicts means is this, that he is trying to get someone to understand something they don't recognize or they don't notice. Well, what do they don't notice and what do they don't recognize? They don't recognize and they're unnoticed of who Jesus is. So what the Holy Spirit is trying to do is get people, he's working and he's trying to get people tuned in to who Jesus is and what he came to do. And why would the Holy Spirit do that? Why is his function to try to go in the world and try to convict people and prove them that Jesus is who he said he was and that what he came to do was for us? Why does he do that? Because Jesus says what? Because they don't believe in me. Because Jesus loves people so much that he pursues people, that he goes after people. See, he could just sit back and just say, well, I don't really care about those people. They're going to just do what they want to do. But that's not how the Lord works. And that's not how God works. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He wants people in right relationship with him. He pursues after them because they don't believe in him. So he gets them in place and, and here's what he does. It says this, that when you, when he begins to convict and when he begins to prove, here's what happens. He proves you of what you've done wrong, that everything that is contrary to what God wants. It's called sin. We all know sin. And you do what's contrary to God. So what he does is he makes you feel right? Guilty. It's a good guilt, right? Two ways he does it. It's like a prosecution who knows the guy who's on, who is up for his crime. He knows he's got him pinned and he knows he's got him guilty. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You are guilty. And that person, you know that you're guilty because you've done what you want to do and not what God's wanted to do. And then here's a second way he convicts people and how he touches people. He does this. He gets them to a place where they're, they understand what they've done wrong so much so that it comes to their mind and comes to their consciousness and then what they want is they want to be free from it this is so bad that i can't live like this anymore so it registers in their heart and their mind i don't want to live like this yeah i'm guilty and so what happens is is when he does that he says you need to be free and so what he does is he speaks to them in the heart and their mind and what happens is what freedom comes from jesus and so they put their trust and their hope in Jesus. And what do they get? They get that hope and they get the freedom that they so desperately need and long for. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then he says that when that happens, what? The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and lives inside of you. And so when the disciples were sitting around there and when Jesus said, look, I'm going to leave and somebody's going to come, they fully didn't understand. But when he left, the Holy Spirit came and they understood that he was with them and that he lived in them. And it's the same with you and I. That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes in us and is with us. And that he moves us and guides us and leads us. He speaks to us. He directs us. He convicts us of our wrongdoing and what we're doing that is contrary to God. And he comes alongside you and I. So here's the whole point of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to come and draw you to Jesus so you have victory over sin. The second thing he wants to do is he wants to lead you on the right path or he wants to lead you on God's will for your life. So what John would say is this, that God is with us and God is for us. 
God is with us and for us. Now think about this. Now how many of you have already in your mind, whether you retire or whether it's summer or whatever, you have out, laid out a trip for a lifetime? Do you have your plan, a trip for a lifetime? Now I can tell you, I have a trip planned for a lifetime. And it involves Italy and it involves Africa. Believe it or not. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you a little bit into my life. I've always wanted to go on a safari in Africa. How amazing would that be? I just think it would be wonderful. The other thing I want to do is my trip of my lifetime is go to Italy. And I'm, I love to see what happened to Rome. I'd love to see the Colosseum. I'd love to see where Paul walked. I'd love to see those things. But here's the thing about my trip, and maybe your trip of a lifetime. I need a guide. Because the guide, what? The guide would show me and illuminate my trip. Because the guide knows the land. The guide knows the history behind the land. The guide knows everything about it. He's well-in-tuned and well-informed more than I am. See, I can do the trip on my own. Right? I, I can go on the trip alone, but it's not going to be as, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to maximize my time or my money on my own. But if I have a guide, then I maximize the trip. I learn so much more. I get to see so much more. See, that's the Holy Spirit. He's the best guide for life. He's the one that knows the terrain. He knows the lay of the land. He knows how to lead. And he does so accordingly. He knows where your destination is. He knows where the path is. And he takes you and directs you as you navigate through life. But if the Holy Spirit's the best guide, then why don't we want the best guide in our life? Why do we skip a meal? Why do we skip every third word? Why do we skip out on the Holy Spirit? Well, there's one reason I believe that we do that, and it's this. When it comes to problems, when it comes to life, when it comes to circumstances, you know what we want? We want to figure it out on our own. I can do it myself. I don't need any help. When you're faced with a problem, what do you do? You start thinking, how am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to overcome this? How am I going to do this? I don't need anybody. You know what that's called? It's called pride and it's called stubbornness. Which I have some. (laughs) To be honest with you. We have pride and we have stubbornness. I don't need anybody. I don't need any help. But how do we get to a place that we lose that mindset and we say, okay, I need the best guide for my life. What do we do? Here's what you do. You invite the Holy Spirit to come alongside you. This trip is not made for one. The trip through life is made for two. The Holy Spirit needs to come alongside you. And what do I mean by that? Well, maybe I'm sitting here talking about John, and and for some people, it just might click. That you weren't in tune with the Holy Spirit. That you didn't fully understand and embrace the Holy Spirit. You didn't quite understand exactly what he was talking about. But all of a sudden you're sitting there, okay, it clicks for me. I understand. I understand that he's not a force. I understand what he does. And so all of a sudden you're tuned in and you're connected with the Holy Spirit. And you're like, okay, well, I've messed up. And I need the Lord to do something in my life. And I need him to come in. And I need him to 
to do what only he can do, and that's bring freedom in my life. And see, if that's someone like that, if that's, if that's you, or if the, you, you know, you're here, you're listening, and you're saying, okay, well, this is exactly me, then here's what you do. You start a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Inviting God or inviting the Holy Spirit alongside of you means this, that you're going to start a relationship with Jesus. That you take the first step and say, okay, well, I know I can't do it on my own. I've done it my own way. I can't do it my own, my own way anymore. I must do it His way. I need freedom. I need hope. I need help. And I need the Holy Spirit to guide me. And you place your faith and you place your trust in Jesus. And when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, what happens? He comes alongside you. He comes in you like the disciples. And he leads you in all truth. Here's the second thing. Second thing is this. Some of you here, you probably already know, Holy Spirit's alongside of you. Or maybe he isn't. But for some of you here, I want you to press in instead of retreating. Now what do I mean by that? Some of you here have had a camp experience like me. And it weirded you out. And you're like, I have nothing to do with this whole Holy Spirit thing. And so the Holy Spirit has been placed over there. And he's not alongside you. In the midst of confusion, you've placed him on this side. And you just stay over there and I'll do my thing over here. Because you're weird. And you confuse me. So you just stay. Right? Don't let your past experiences ruin your present circumstance. Don't let someone ruin what God wants to do in your life. Don't allow someone who misrepresented the Holy Spirit, don't allow the Holy Spirit to stay over there. Invite him back. Look, I had to get over it. And I started pressing in the Holy Spirit and my life's never been the same. Well, that's easy. You're just a pastor. No, I've never been a pastor my whole life. I just chose when I started growing up and into college that someone messed up and I just said, you know what? I forgive them for what they've done, but Lord, Holy Spirit, I want to press into you. See, I don't want to retreat. I need you. I, I, I need you to I need you to come alongside me. So if that's you, don't retreat from the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Begin to press in and say, hey, I need you. I need you to guide me. I need you to do what you can only do. Would you come alongside me? Maybe someone ruined it for me. Maybe someone did that for me. But look, I need you. So come alongside me. Don't miss out. And here's the third one. Maybe some of you, the Holy Spirit, you understand. You're living the Holy Spirit. But somehow you feel a little disconnected. And you know that he's working. And you know that he's moving. But you feel a little disconnected. And you're like, well, how come the Holy Spirit's not guiding me? How come he's not leading me? How come he's not doing what he's supposed to do? Well, here's what, what, I, what I know. And it could be many reasons. It could be a variety of reasons why he's not doing this. But maybe for you, here's what he's doing. Sin, we know, makes a gap between you and God. And right now in your life, you know it's there. There's a gap. The, re- the, the reality is that the Holy Spirit can't touch you, can't move on you. It's because there's a gap. You know what we call it? We call it habitual sin. What I mean by that is you make a habit of doing something you know you're not supposed to do. Well, I know I'm not supposed to do that. Lord, well, would you forgive me? The gap's closed. 
Then you go back and doing it. Oh, Lord, Lord, come on. Would you forgive me? Closes it. Then it's open. Come on. Remove the habitual sin. If you want the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and stay there, then remove and turn from what you're doing. And you know what I'm talking about. It's decision after decision. And you know what is wrong because the Holy Spirit is there saying, you're wrong. And I'm convicting you and I'm proving you that you're guilty. Would you just stop for me so I can come alongside and move in your life? Because I'm with you and I'm for you. But I can't be with you or for you if you continue to separate from me. So remove the habitual sin. And here's, here's the next one. Some of you, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you need to ask daily. You need to ask daily. And here's what I mean by this. It's real easy to not invite the Holy Spirit to come alongside you for your day or for your week. You know why? Because you get up and what do you do? You go to work and you go crazy and, and life's just, oh my gosh, I'm out, I'm late, da, 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 and you scatter and you scatter out the door. And then you come home and then what? You're exhausted. You're tired from work. And the last thing you want to do is spend time with the Holy Spirit. The last time you want to do is spend time with Jesus so he can speak to you. So it goes throughout a day and you miss and you miss and you miss. And then what happens? You, you realize, oh my gosh, I need wisdom. I have this big decision to make. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you come alongside me? And he will. But then again, you go through your busy day and you, you just tend to forget. And then what happens is you start looking at your life and your life begins to unravel. And as your life begins to unravel, you go, how did I get here? Well, the reason why you got there and the reason why your life's unraveled is because the Holy Spirit's not alongside you, guiding you, leading you, directing you, and where you need to go. So you're doing things on your own. And so your life is unraveling before your eyes. And you're like, I just need Him. So that's why I'm saying ask Him daily. And this is all it is. It's get up and say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come alongside of me, and I ask you to lead, guide, and direct me, and I ask you to make the most of my day-to-day. And that's it. And he will. And then here's the last one. For some of you, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you that you press in even more. Because some of you already know the Holy Spirit, function with the Holy Spirit. He's alongside of you. But here's where you come. You're content. You're not striving for more. The Holy Spirit wants to do more in your life. See, if he's for you, he wants to do more in you. We'll talk about that next week. But think about this. For, for, for some of you, you're just content. See, the Holy Spirit wants you to take it to another level. Now, what I mean by that is the Holy Spirit wants more out of you, so you begin to be more aware of what you need to pray for. Because some of you are great at praying, and the Lord wants to reveal who needs to be touched. Or maybe the Lord wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you. He wants more of you so he can tell you and direct you to someone who needs some encouraging words, who needs a little hope in their life, who needs a little Jesus in their life. Maybe the Lord begins to direct your path to that person. See, God wants to take his relationship and your, his partnership with you to the next level. That's what he wants to do. Now, real quick. Let me speak to you kids. Let me speak to you students, young adults. This is not for adults. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is not for adults. It's not a place where I get to, oh, I'm, all of a sudden I'm 20 and I'm 25 and I'm 40. And yay! No. 
You get to experience it. No, it's not like that. It's not like you finally get to sit at the adult table. No, it's not like that at all. The Holy Spirit wants to move in everyone's life here, and it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your gender. Here's what I'm saying, because some of you are faced with a decision, and some of you are making decisions right now, and you're making decisions, and you know the decisions you're making are wrong. You know who's telling you it's wrong? It's the Holy Spirit. And so what you as a kid or as a child, as a student, you're making these decisions and you know they're wrong and you continue to do them. But you know you need to come back and you need to know that you need to walk God's way and not your own way. That's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He's directing you. He's telling you, oh, come back. I want to come alongside you. doesn't matter if you're under 40. I want to come alongside you. And see, here's the other thing for some of you. You might not be faced with these decisions right now and you're not making decisions right now or decisions that are, you know, just so important. But here's, you will one day make decisions. And you're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit as a young person, hey, Holy Spirit, would you give me wisdom? And guess what? The Holy Spirit would give you wisdom. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit alongside of you, as a, as a kid, as a young adult, as a student, you're going to look back at your life and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to live with regrets. And I'm telling you, nobody wants to live a life of regrets. So look, the Holy Spirit is for everyone in here. He wants to come alongside you right now. Not just adults, but for kids, for young, for young adults, for students. That's what he wants to do. And here's why, we, here's why we do this, and I'm going to finish. Here's why he does this. Simple. You ready? He does this because you can live a life that is complete and full. See, Jesus came in and what he said, I want you to live life to the fullest. But you can't live life to the fullest if you just live by God and by Jesus. You've got to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so don't miss out. Live a life that is complete. Here's what I want for you. Okay, over the next couple of weeks, here's what I want for you. My goal for you these next four weeks is this. I want you to have a healthy understanding of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be misunderstood. I want you to live life that Jesus intended for his disciples. And if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you're his disciple. And he wants to do something in through your life. Think about this. If I'm lost in life, right? If I'm lost in life, what do I look for? I look for someone who can take me to safety, don't I? So here's what I want you to picture over the next few weeks. Here's the Holy Spirit. You're a little child and you're lost in this big forest or you're lost in this big amusement park. And you're out there and you're going, help, can somebody help me? Can somebody guide me to safety? And here's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's saying, I'm right here. Grab my hand and let's walk to safety. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do to you today and through the course of this five weeks or four weeks that we have together. He wants you to understand that he is the one that will lead, guide, and direct you into where he wants you to go. You know what I want? I want the Holy Spirit today and for you out this week. I want the Holy Spirit to be manifested in your life. So if you need to start a relationship with Jesus, I want you to do that today. If Here's the thing. If you 
say, man, I have been like you, Pastor, and I have been confused and I went away. I want you to come back closer. I don't care what it is. I just know this. Wherever you are, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, would you come alongside of me and be honest with him? And he will do that. Because why? God is with you and he's for you. And he wants to do something miraculous in your life today. So let's do that over the next couple of weeks. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move. Let's allow him to do something in and through our lives.